Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. Lord God, I pray that this is a life-changing moment for everybody here. Lord God, I pray that there is no time wasted when this time spent with you. And I just thank you for this time that we're about to spend with you, that you just speak directly to our hearts, speak into our minds and renew us to a new way of thinking and seeing you, Lord God. We just thank you in this moment that we see you fresh. We see you new. We see you bigger than we maybe even thought you could be. And I just thank you that tonight, tonight is a day where we just say thank you, we love you and just are so excited that you chose us to be a part of such an awesome family. And Lord God, I pray that you speak directly through me all that you want, exactly how you want this said and spoken clearly. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, hug the person next to you, tell them you love them, tell them you're glad to see them. You know, we... we we started, we said we said some bold stuff on um, on Sunday. How many of you guys heard Sunday's message? Well, if you didn't hear Sunday, you in for um, some 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 shocking news today. But we are in between our series, and in between the series, you know, uh, in a week we'll be starting our Art of War series, and we just ended our victory lap. And God just said in this time, just to look at an area that, you know, we kind of skirt over sometimes, but it's most definitely important. And he just started to just minister to me about what happens when we walk around with some insecurities on the inside about who we are. And as you guys know, on Sunday, we took we took on war <laughs> with insecurities. And tonight we're going to continue uh, with that. But one of the Bold statements that we just say, you know, we're going to just adopt this into our lives is understanding that we are living in the presence of God's approval. So you just say that to your neighbor if you could. Just look at your neighbor and say, I'm living, I'm living in the presence, in the presence of, God's of God's approval. Now, y'all know I ain't going to stop there. You got to turn to your other neighbor or, or turn to the sky, wherever you got to turn and say, I'm living, I'm living in, the in the presence of God's approval. And this is so important because tonight we're going we're gonna to separate some things. Tonight we're going to separate some things. So look at your neighbor and say, let's separate, let's separate. Some, things. some things. Because there's something you got to know. You know, we, we, no, you ain't got to keep saying it. We stop, we stop repeating. You know, unless you want to repeat every word, I, you know, that's up to you too. However, there's things that we have to separate so that that which we know, which we're living in the state of God's approval becomes our everyday living thought. Because we also said this, that there is a yes with our name on it. And for a lot of people, that was a reassuring moment. That was a building up of their faith, their confidence that, you know what? There is a yes with my name on it. God wouldn't have put me on earth if there wasn't a purpose or a plan for my life. So no matter what I'm seeing, no matter what I'm facing, there is a yes with my name on it. But in that process of life and in the process of living, you sometimes get to, to places where you hear some no's. 
And as no's start to stack up, it starts to get a little discouraging. And sometimes we start to look inward to say, well, is it something about me that needs to change? Because God said there's a yes, but ain't nothing but no's out here. And we said, absolutely not. We don't ever want to start to get into the position of where we view how we were made as wrong. Because we were made by God. We were shaped in his image, formed by his likeness. And then Jesus died, placed his spirit inside of us so that we can live, operate just like God here on earth. And so there is absolutely nothing wrong with how we were made. However, we do encounter people outside of how we were made on a daily basis. And, you know, we talked about how sometimes it just takes one and no one. And sometimes we get the situations to where we're feeling rejected with the things God's told us to do. And when that starts to happen, it is kind of hard not to start to form insecurities, not not to start to form a way of thinking about something in me is wrong. And we make this big statement because some people say, "Nah, pastor, that's not what I'm thinking at all. And so we said, if you're living in a place to where you believe something about you needs to change and how people perceive you so that you can be accepted tomorrow, that's living as though there's something wrong with you today. And that's simply not the case. Now, some people might be saying, well, Pastor Brian, some people do need to change. (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about that tonight. However, we have to separate some things because when you start to change with the mindset that you're changing so that God can unlock something he's already given to you, that's a bad way of thinking of changing. Amen. Ooh, I love when we find the spot where we need to work. It's like I keep talking until I see the spots where y'all give a little less ooing. And I say, it's right there, ain't it, God? Say this with me. Don't say this one with me. It's a lot of words in it. But tonight, we want to lose awareness of what may disqualify us and gain acceptance of who has qualified us. We want to lose awareness of the things that disqualify us and gain complete acceptance of what has qualified us. Because that is what makes sure we stay focused on the fact that there is a yes. Because there is someone who has qualified us, and we know his name is Jesus. Because we shared this as well, that insecurity kills more dreams than failure ever could. And so we want to make sure that this is just not an area of our life that stays there. But I believe this has been a time, and I believe God started on Sunday, of just healing us and just building us back up to where we are to be. And so I don't see my screen right now. And so if you would, turn me to 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. Because there we find... Guys, there. Y'all see it? 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, New King James Version. Starting at verse 20, it says, For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. 
And that right there is letting us know yes and amen means they are sure and they are firm. So when we were saying that there is a yes with our name on it, that's true. Because whatever God promised to you, it's a sure thing. It's a firm thing. But what happens when we don't feel as though it's a sure thing or a firm thing? It's whenever we have not really separated some things that we should separate that keeps us connected and focused on some sure things in our life. I tell people all the time, at the same time there's a not-to-do list, there is a do list. And you can focus on the not-to-do list or you can focus on the do list. Unfortunately, when you start focusing on the not-to-do list, you really lose direction. But when you focus on the do list, you gain what? Direction. And so why do we want to just focus on what God says is going to happen? Because it helps us gain direction. It helps us stay locked in on the fact that we are headed somewhere. We are going somewhere. If every day you hand me a list of corrective things to do, I can lose sight of what I'm correcting you trying to correct me to be. But if you involve some of what I'm going to be forming into in the midst of your correction, I can see it better. Now, Brian, I need you to, to focus on adding up these, these numbers and math. Be like, hey, I need you to add this up and I need you to add it up right. Because if you don't add it up right, you ain't going to make it to the next grade. Well, you just mixed in something I know needs to happen. And if, without that type of understanding, I could have lost focus. Like, I don't know if I care about adding this up. But until you tag something on it that gave me a reason or a vision for understanding, it just didn't carry that much weight. Amen. And so that's where it says in Colossians 3 and 2, and I'm just reading through these things really quickly. And it says, set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. And that's what's just giving us instructions to say, look, focus on what God said. Focus on the things in which God has promised to do. Focus on these things because focusing on these things is what keeps you just really beholding him. And as life is going, it keeps you from falling off of what he's promised to do and away from things this world sometimes tries to shape our mind into thinking and seeing. And so God's like, no, it is okay to think about the good stuff all the time. And I'm saying this intentionally because I know some people and I'm just you know, messing with some people's, you know, philosophies or whatever that might be. They're like, you can't just always be focusing on the good. And I'm, I'm saying, hold up a second now. <laughs> when we going to work in some of that, some of that stuff you got to get right. I said, look now, if you, if you put the good stuff in a good place and you, you sell good stuff good enough, you ain't got to worry about people getting all straight too much. Maybe you just don't know how to sell the good stuff good enough. Jesus know how to sell the good stuff so good, it don't make you think about none of the bad stuff. You know, he had to say so much about the bad because he brought so much good to the table. <laughs> so I don't know about that, my brother. I think focusing on the good and more good and better good and the higher good, over the top good, fancy good, elaborate good, thinking about good is just good. <laughs> It just gets goodier and goodier. I don't know if I want to spend any time thinking about the bad. Well, man, if you don't think about some of the bad, you'll be all balanced. I don't know. I think I'll just get overloaded on this good and see where it takes me. 
I think about the example. Pastor Dollar uses this example all the time. And many of you guys have heard it. He's like, it's almost like if somebody says, you know, there's a pink elephant out in the hallway. Don't look at the pink elephant. It's like you, you're not making me look at the pink elephant. How about you tell me what you want me to look at? There's a pink elephant in the hallway. Don't look at it. Because there is a white giraffe in the hallway. A white giraffe? That gives me interest. Amen. And so I want you to, we, we kind of looked at this on uh, Sunday in second service. I read it, um, but we're going to go over it today. So turn with me, if you will, to First uh, Corinthians 4. Because here we're going to find Paul making some really, some really bold statements. And the statements he's making is doing just what we talk about. He's separating something. He's separating something and he's doing it intentionally because he understands where he has to keep his mindset in order to keep going through what his assignment has called him to. Because Paul, you know, Paul had some 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 rough and some interesting times as he was paving the way for what Jesus had already made a way for. But Paul had faced some tough times. I mean, he was like the front runner for all the abuse from bringing this message to people. And so because of that, Paul had to make sure that his mind stayed in a good place. And so I just say, you know what? I think this is what we need to look at in order to see if Paul could keep his mind in a good place. Although everything around him was challenging him, I think this is a good person to focus on because Paul has some issues to deal with. Just like some of us got some some people out there we got to deal with. (laughs) However, in the dealing, we should never lose sight of our yes. We should never lose sight of his promise. We should never lose sight of what he said he's going to do. Because the thing about people, and I'm going to get a little ahead of myself intentionally, but the thing about people is they have the ability to judge your work, but they don't have the ability to judge your worth. And that's what Paul had to separate. That's like the big thing he had to separate. And he let people know. The thing about you is you can always judge what you can see, but you can never judge he whom has put something in me. And see, he is approving me based on something you can't see. See, you always have the anybody you run into has the capability of judging what you produce. But the fact of the matter is you've been approved based on something before you were even producing anything. God's not looking at what you have produced to determine what you can receive. Oh, I said it. God said, look, man, I know what you can do. I made you. I formed you and I shaped you. I know what you can do. You doing some of it doesn't surprise me or unlock a new level of of what you can get from me. I already knew you could do it. You just seeing to yourself how much and how how capable you are of doing things now that I'm living in you. But you ain't surprising me. Why is that important for us to, to think that way? Because if we think that somehow what we produce is surprising God, we think that what we produce can somehow unlock something that he wasn't planning to give us anyway. Oh, stay it on this side. Because <laughs> if we start thinking 
that God is surprised by what we can produce, we also start thinking that when we produce it, we're unlocking something he ain't already planned to do. Amen. It's almost like somebody, you know, it's almost like after you went Christmas shopping, you know, and it's like, (laughs) this was funny. My parents, well, my dad in particular, you know, he would hide Christmas gifts in the trunk of his car. And the fact of the matter is, and I'm just going to keep it honest with y'all, you know, because, you know, it is what it is now. You know, all the way up until gifts were known to have been purchased, you got the best behavior you could possibly have received. But once I knew all gifts had been purchased, it's time to revert back to regular bride. Like, it's done. It's done. I'm going to revert back to me. Now, I was just doing some extra stuff to earn some extra stuff, but now that I know everything has, the check has been cast, everything has been delivered, it's here in the house, there is no point in me being any extra. It's done. It's no point. And unfortunately, that same way of thinking We try to apply it to how God sees us. And that's why we got to separate some things. We got to separate some things because God's like, man, I put you here with a plan to see you prosper. I put you here and put provision on this earth that I am walking and guiding you to every single day. Now, I know you're surprised when you arrive, but I'm not surprised when you arrived. <laughs> and why, again, why am I saying this? Because that's something we have to just fundamentally separate ourselves from. Because the moment we start thinking that somehow our performance makes God view us differently and makes him do things differently, we'll also see when we don't perform as a lowering of what he's going to do. Amen. Amen. But he was bold enough to say that your own works couldn't even justify you. Your own works couldn't glorify you. So how in the world could we then think that if we couldn't justify ourselves, we couldn't do anything, we couldn't make ourselves righteous on our own? How then can our performance then say, well, in that spot, I'll start making sure your life has a yes on it? No. All these things were already said. Amen. And Paul said, that's why I had to make a separation. Because as I was walking out what God was calling me to do, there was many people that did not like me. There was many people that just flat rejected me. There were many people that just tried to undercut me. There was people that tried to backstabbers. All that was there. But none of that started to form a new way of how I saw me because I had to realize something. They can always judge what's on the outside, but they can never determine what's on the inside. 
Oh, amen. And so he starts off here in 1 Corinthians 4 and 1, and I'm reading this in the Message Bible. And he says, don't imagine us leaders to be something we aren't. We are servants of Christ, not his masters. And so he even starts here, he says, let me help you out. Y'all have something going on in y'all's head of what you think and what, how you feel about what you feel and what you think about what I should be doing and what that looks like. And really, that's in your own head. That is in your own head what you have made up. And why is this so important for us today? Because if there's anything that gets thrown back on a lot of us is, is ain't you supposed to be a Christian? Like, ain't you, ain't you, ain't you supposed to be saved? I thought you was fire baptized. I seen your hands and toes raised in worship. Like you was almost elevating. You was so close to the Holy Ghost during worship. And all of this are things they've made up in their own imagination. However, when they come out of their mouths, they try to set a tone in us as though we are not adding up to what we should be. And when that starts to happen, I know we can, we can say, well, bump you. You know, we, we say all types of stuff to set up guards. But Paul was like, you, you cannot allow this continual type of thought processes to be absorbed into you. Because if you keep hearing this, if you keep receiving this, then you will eventually, although the first time you was like bump you, although the second time you was like forget you, and when you get home and you by yourself and you start to think about the things in your life that you know God has said and promised you, that's when those wars start to go on. And that's what we said. We have to be more prepared to fight with our mind than we do with our fist. Because it's in that place that it starts to come back to you like, well, maybe I should have. I mean, it ain't unlocked yet. It ain't released yet. My yes ain't here yet. So maybe it is something I'm not achieving. And that's where Paul would say, and most definitely, Jesus would be like, I died. So you could think exactly opposite of that. But that's what they would jump in and say, hold up now, brother. Catch your thoughts. Because some people got some wild imaginations out there. There's some people got some wild expectations of people out there. And they will throw them out like they are the judge and the jury. Like my brother. No, no, just no. <laughs> I know y'all be, <laughs> y'all be looking at me sometimes, but I be thinking about some of the stuff people said to me. I'm saying no to them right now up here. No, <laughs> no, Brian Poe will not. No, Brian Poe won't. No, Brian Poe can't. Why? Because I'm not going to spend a day trying to fulfill your imagination. 
If you want it real, you met one. If you want to see a real Christian, a real believer, somebody that's believing God, every single day you just met a real one. You've been looking for a real one. You just met a real one. And <laughs> Sometimes I surprise people at the things I let come out of my mouth. You let that come out your mouth? I thought you was a man of faith. I said, I am. I am. But I also understand that I've been taught the biggest fool is the fool that's fooling themselves. <laughs> so you don't want me to keep it real with you, but I'm going to keep it real with you. Not because my faith is lower, but I ain't willing to work in no world of imagination. We will not be sitting here in the fantasy world. God's going to help my reality. I don't, I don't want God blessing my dreams. I want him to bless my reality. That was too much for some of y'all. That was way too much. I wish I could take that one back. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. I don't at all. But that's what Paul would say. I don't have some hard days. I done had some rough days. Y'all heard him talk about it all the time. I've been knocked down. I've been cast down. But yet my mind stays focused. I've been pressed on all sides, yet my mind stays focused. What was the first point of his mind staying focused? I, I don't do with people's imagination. Well, I spent 15 minutes on the first scripture. He said, look at this. He said, we are, look at these, we are guys into God's most sublime secrets. Not security guards posted to protect them. Now I want you to I want you to see the, the, the depth of what is being said here. He said, we are, look at this word, we are guides into God's secrets, not guards protecting them. Ooh, this is good news. Ooh, this is going to be so good. This is going to be so good. This is going to be so good. They are guides into things that are yet to be revealed, not guards of things that they know. In order to guard something, it has to be present. I can guard this podium. I'm guarding it. I see it. It's right here. I can keep you from getting to it. Paul said, I'm not a guard of something you, you can see. I am a guide into things that are to be revealed. I, I, you're, you're trying to put me in a place in which I'm not. Understand, anything that you see of me, he's responsible for it. Anything that I produce, he's the producer of it. Anything that I have amounted up to came through me. It's not of me. And so when it came out of me, it wasn't something that I produced. And so I, I'm not really much of anything. This is why I'm working you too. I am not much of anything. And it's okay that I think this way because thinking this way also helps me separate myself when you start to judge what you see. 
because you can't judge who I am on the inside. However, you always have the liberty of judging what's on the outside. Anybody can rate or rank whatever they can see. It don't take a spiritual knowing to walk in here and rate the carpet. Don't take that. You don't need the Holy Spirit to help you divide the natural. Well, work with me because Paul's working on separating. So it does not take that. Anybody with the five senses could walk into a room and judge something of the natural. Once it came out of me, it was natural, which made it able for you to judge. But because I didn't even take responsibility of the sourcing that it came from, you can't even judge me. Okay, stay on this side. I separated the work from the worker. I separated what was produced from who produced it. See, he's saying I didn't even take responsibility. I'm not even taking responsibility of what my hands produced. So when you start judging what my hands produce, you're not judging me. Because I don't take responsibility for what God pushes through me. I'm not guarding anything that I know. I'm only delivering what he gives me. And because I have separated this, when you walk in the room and say, well, you just ain't do that right. Well, I think you got to consult the maker of heaven and earth about that issue because I'm just orchestrating what he spoke. You trying to tear me down based upon what my hands produce. However, you forgot the fact my hands only produce what he spoke to me. So when you started judging what you saw, I don't even see that as judging me. You are only judging what he produced through me. So if you want to talk about what it looks like, you need to consult him. My goal is to separate who I am, grab hold of who he is, and only do as he has spoken. And the closer I get to that being thinner and closer and, and just working hand to hand. So I want it to the point to where whatever my hands produce is what he's spoken through me. So even when you have your opinion, you're consulting the wrong person. And that's what Paul was saying there. Look, y'all, even if you have a problem with what I'm saying, you're consulting the wrong person. If you have a problem with what's coming out of my mouth, you need to pray about it. Because I'm working myself. We are all wanting to be what? Vessels. Suppose like I separated some things. If you don't like my voice and my voice is a little too high pitched and you want me to work on tonality. <laughs> You might want to consult the maker. You, 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 you having the conversation with the wrong one. And that's what Paul is saying. When, when you, you got, we got to get to the point to where when we see people coming and, and it's really it's just from a place of judgment, because that's where Paul is right here. He said, when you see people coming from a place of judgment concerning the things which pertain to you, you got to be able to make some separations. 
Otherwise, you will start to absorb these things. When you're saying, look, man, just pray for me. If this was off, if this was wrong, just pray that I can hear him more clearly. Just, just pray that I can see what he's saying to me more clearly. Because I, I'm, I'm really not trying to transfer how I view things and how I do things from an outside source. I, I want to keep them from an inside source. But if I start to allow outside sources to depict and determine what the inside sources say, I can end up in a bad place. Amen. And I'm going to say this. God just told me to say this when we got to this point, but it is. It's time for some of us to get attached to something that's not of our own works. Because as long as it's of your own works, all of what I just said, it doesn't line up. But once what you were doing are, is produced of what he said through you, that's where it's all fitting in. Because truth is, we must remember that all our instruments employed by God and endowed by him for various talents. That's all we are, employed by him, deployed by him. Let's keep going. Pastor Brian got 13 minutes. Amen. (laughs) Y'all get me so excited. We are guides into God's most sublime secrets, not security guards posted to protect them. The requirements for a good guide are reliability and accurate knowledge. It matters very little to me what you think of me, even less where I rank in popular opinion. I don't even rank myself. And that's where you see all of that Coming into line, Paul said, you got to understand something. I'm so much trying to separate what's happening inside of me to what's going on outside of me that I don't even judge myself anymore. That's big talk. Paul's saying, and I'm going to say this as bold as I'm going to say it. Paul's like, I don't even trust myself to judge myself. He said, I don't even trust myself to judge myself, let alone trust you to judge me. I don't even trust me to judge me. I trust the power inside of me to speak to me. I don't even get in the process of thinking in my own head what I need to do for me to be right. Because I don't even trust me. But however, I trust everything about the spirit that's living inside of me. I trust everything about the spirit that God placed inside of me that's there to mold me, to shape me, and to form me into everything he wants me to be. I trust that so much, I don't even talk to myself no more. 
Because some of y'all's worst critics is you. You tear yourself down. You tear yourself apart. You tear yourself to pieces instead of just saying, you know what? There's a spirit living inside of me. And if me needs an adjustment, speak it out of me. Speak it out of me. Until then, I'm rolling. Until then, in Paul's work, I'm unaware. Until that happens, I am completely unaware of whatever these things may be. I don't consider them. I don't think about them. I don't contemplate them. I don't do any of those things. Watch this. I'm going to say it again because I don't even trust myself with that. Because sometimes I just be emotional. Sometimes I didn't see something online, and when I seen it online, I was thinking, this is nice. The next thing you know, I'm trying to be that nice. I didn't see somebody else do whatever it is that they doing, and it looked nice when they did what they was doing, so I think I want a little piece of that. But in order for me to be like that, I got to make these changes. Paul said, I don't even do that to myself. In Acts 20 and 19, in the New King James Version, this is so good. Paul says, observing the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. And he's saying that we're seeing both sides of it. We're seeing his perspective. I'm serving him with humility. But man, like, there's a lot going on here. However, I haven't lost my fight because of how I think. I don't see any of that as a reflection on how I'm even doing. Am I doing a good job? I think if I was doing a good job, maybe, maybe I wouldn't have to go back because this is one of the places he had to go. Maybe I wouldn't have to go back and re-say the same thing if I would did a good job the first time. Paul ain't thinking none of that. Not none of it over things that he even has to return to and redo. He's not even letting those moments became, become points of him saying, somehow I am not able to do this. How that's some of our reality. Sometimes somebody will come and be like, man, you got to do it again because you ain't do it right the first time. Well, if I ain't do it right the first time, how could you be asking me to do it again? If you don't like how I did it, why would you ask me to do it twice? You know, and those little things start to annoy us. They start to wear down on us and they start to build insecurities on our ability to do something. But here we see Paul returning back to a place he's already been. And saying, okay, fire up the engine again and let's go preach this gospel. Let's go ahead and bring him this truth concerning Christ. I know I'm a skilled teacher. I know I possess the things I need. I'm reliable and I have accurate knowledge. And so I'm going to press forward. I know who I am. Regardless of what is on the outside, regardless of how many times I have to do the same thing in the same place, it, none of it is a reflection or a teardown of me and who I am. I separated that. I separated that. Just look at this. I'm going to separate some things. Because when we start to bring them in, we also hold them in. And it's almost like putting your worth out on display 
and allowing people just to give their opinions about it. You, that's a dangerous thing to do. And Paul's like, whatever you see in my hand, you say whatever you want to say about it. Because I have separated this from what's in here. The truth is, Paul would say, I picked up the assignment, but I never let the assignment pick me up. I picked up the assignment, but I never allowed the assignment to pick me up. What are you saying? I, 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 I may be this, but this is never me. It may be something of value in your eyes, but it never raised my value. I didn't allow anything I was doing to ever equate to my value. Because if you saw it happening, it wasn't even me doing it. And so I may have picked up many things. I may be doing many things, but none of these things actually picked me up. I've been picked up. I've already been picked up. The day he died, rose, and took up residence inside of me, I was filled. Everything of value came with that exchange. Everything of worth came with that exchange. Everything I need to see to determine my worth, the king of kings decided to live in me. What much greater can happen than the king of kings, the heavens and the earth, the shaper of them, took up residence inside of you. There's nothing bigger that can happen. Secrets out. I'll just say it again. The biggest thing to show your value to God already took place. The biggest thing, God said, I'm not going to half step to show them my love. I'm going to full step show them my love by sending my son from heaven to earth to die for them. But he won't stop there. He's then going to take all the power that he operated in, certify them, seal them, place it in them. That's the best I got. Nothing else greater can occur or happen to display your value to God than that. Paul said, I got that. I got the juice. I got the juice. I got the juice. Look at your neighbor and say, I got the juice. Paul's like, I got the juice. I got the juice. I'm not saying. <laughs> Paul said, I got the juice, baby. I got the juice. I got the juice. I got the power. I got the access. I got the authority. I got the wisdom. I got all of it. I got it. I got it. I got it. You can't give me something greater than what I already have. You can't do it. You can't do it. I don't care how fancy it is. It is. I don't care how nice it is, how much it sparkles, how much it shines, how much you'll pay me for it, how much you'll give me for it, what you will do because I did it. None of it compares to how much I'm already filled. I got the juice. And because I owned 
the fact I got the juice so much, y'all going to have to do a hard time. It's going to take hard work ever tearing me down. You're going to have to work hard. Paul's like, through these tears, through these trials, I still got the juice. Through these afflictions, through these pains, I still got the juice. Through all of this, the power that was given to me still resides. He says, why is this so important? Because if I know power is still there, that ability to do all things is still there. And so no matter what all this is happening on the outside, you can't take the juice that's running on the inside. You can't take it. You can't take it. And what's that separation? saying Christ revealed our value separate from our work. That's what he did. He said your value and your work are two separate subjects. And understand that anything on the outside can only rate, judge that work. That work, you're not even responsible for. It's just me working through you. It's just me working through you. Me and you, I gave you everything you need. Not taking it back. You got it. Never lose sight. Never lose Focus, never lose understanding of that. Regardless of what it may seem like on the outside. And it's not an easy thing. It's a it's a it's a very difficult thing when you talk about, and we've all been in that place to where we want what we've produced to be celebrated. And although we know it's God working through us, like we say, everybody wants to be what? Appreciated. And that's true. People want to be appreciated. And you can appreciate me, but you can never value me. And when those two start to run together, that's when our thinking just starts to swirl around. And the can it happens, will it happen? Jesus is like, it's going to happen. I died so that you could live. I died so that you could live in a place of constant approval. 
I died so that your works, as it relates to your value, never, ever have to be seen as the same. You're valuable. You're valuable. You're valuable, look what I'm saying, to God. And because you're valuable to God, because he loves you and values you, you can live in peace knowing that the windows of heaven are also open over your life. They didn't close. They didn't shut down. And nothing on the outside can shut them down. Nothing on the outside can close them up. They can, they can say what they want to say, how they want to say it. They can say that you ain't never produced anything of any good. You, you have never done anything of any value. You have never done anything of any worth. And sometimes that's hard, especially I've seen people that they've worked somewhere for 20 years, 25 years. And then they're no longer seen as valuable to where that company is moving forward. That doesn't mean that your value in the eyes of God has changed. Has not changed. It can't change. You still got the juice, baby. You still have the juice. You guys can stand to your feet. And I'm just going to say these things and I just want you to soak this in and take this home. These are things that we've covered before and I love Bible study night because then you know you can read all this. But we read where it tells us you can't serve two masters. Either you're going to view yourself how Jesus sees you or you're going to view yourself how others may see you. But I just urge you today, just see yourself how he sees you. It's the safest place to live because man's standards, they're ever changing and they're ever evolving. But God's standards remain the same. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.